What's up, McConaughey's? Welcome back to the Mastering McConaughey podcast, where we explore the film ag- filmography and philosophy of Matthew McConaughey. I'm your guest host, Johnny Phillips. And I'm your guest host, Mark Usher. And today we have with us a special guest host, Amanda. Do I say my name? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what's the ex- I'm Amanda, Amanda Cusack, to be exact. You know, we can go full name. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Well, great. I know that we connected with you because of your love of horror films. So can you talk to us about any projects you want to plug or anything you're working on? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the main thing I'm working on right now is I have a Substack newsletter. I don't know if you're familiar with Substack, but it's a newsletter service. It's free for writers. Um, It's free for subscribers, actually, if you... You can put on like a paywall if you want, but mine does not have a paywall. Uh, cool. And every Friday at 8 a.m., I send out a newsletter, and it's called The 90-Minute Movie. I love short films. I'm not like a three-, four-hour epic film type of person. The shorter, the better. Um, I love a really tight script. I'm a writer by nature, so anyone that can tell a story in you know 90 minutes or less is really something I'm excited about and passionate about. So every week I watch a different 90 minute movie and I just write about um, the movie itself, the elements of the screenwriting that makes it so great and able to fit in those chunks. I watch bad ones. I watch great ones. I watch mid mid range ones every week and they (laughs) range all different um, uh, genres. So anything goes really, as long as it fits under, I have an extended range. So as long as it's under 110 minutes, I'll write about it. Some dispute out there about that time limit, but <laughs> comfortable with it. <laughs> need to extend the range a little bit, but yeah. So, um, it's the 90 minute movie and you can find it at the 90 minute movie.substack.com. That's awesome. Cool. So you have piqued my interest. Um, what would you say is a an example of a great 90-minute movie and then an, an example of a really bad 90-minute movie? Ooh. Um, well, it, this is a classic film, so it might be cheating, but uh, The Night of the Hunter is one of the greatest 90-minute movies I've ever seen. Can't nobody say I didn't do my best to save her. But the <laughs> devil wins sometimes. Um, it's an old classic film. When, actually, when it was released... A lot of people did not like it. was a bit misunderstood, but it's a beautiful film. It's beautifully filmed. The story is really simple. Mm. And it's also one of the scariest, uh, t- like, thriller movies I've ever seen. Really? In my life. Yes. Interesting. So that's a favorite. A bad one? Um, I just watched Cool as Ice last week, the Vanilla, Vanilla Ice vehicle. Words of wisdom. Drop that zero and get with the hero. From 1991. Yes. Oh, God. It is horrible. (laughs) However, the acting's really bad. The story's messy. However, it's the same. um, The cinematographer, he was the director of photography on this. He went on to become Steven Spielberg's number one cinematographer. He won the Academy Award two years after Cool as Ice for um, Schindler's List. Okay. So, so the movie oh, wow. is shot really interestingly. He it almost feels like he was doing his portfolio. Like I can shoot this, I can shoot that, I can do this, I can do this with color, I can do all of these different things. So when you watch it with the, immediately when we started watching it, we were like, this is so bizarre. It's very surrealist in um 
in its imagery. So you have this crazy, talented DP doing really interesting stuff with camera work. And then you have a horrible script, horrible acting, pretty (laughs) mediocre directing. (laughs) But it's a terrible, I only would recommend it to people who are interested in like cinematography and where someone would start in their career. Um, For for a story, I would not recommend this movie. (laughs) And Vanilla Ice is not a great actor. Well, I'm I f- sure I you're like shocked that, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a piece of shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. In real life. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Well, that, I feel like that fits along with where we are with Matthew McConaughey. You know, we're going through mm-hmm. his entire filmography and he's kind of all over the board right now. Right. We started mm-hmm. with an Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. There was a music video in there that we didn't touch. Uh, <laughs> right. right? Uh, with Dazed and Confused. And now this uh, comedy thriller. <laughs> I just remembered uh, I was going to wear my Unsolved Mysteries t-shirt and I was like, why was I going to wear that? And you just reminded me. That's it. (laughs) Another favorite program of mine. I have this excellent t-shirt. But anyway, I digress. That's cool. But yes, his horror film. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So guys, we are here because we're going to be reviewing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Okay. Yes. Very excited. But before we get to that, guys, we have this fantastic segment. What are you drinking? I believe this beverage has produced an emotional response. I have a pint and a pickled egg. And red wine is the worst for my sores. You think maybe you and I can brew up some juice? Amanda, you want to go first? Sure. Okay, so I, I don't know if this counts as cheating. Um, I was doing all this cocktail research and I, everything I was coming up with was really bizarre. I mean, what I'm drinking is really bizarre. I found that Matthew McConaughey did a margarita recipe for the Food Network at some point. So this is his margarita. And actually, I have to pull oh. up the recipe because I had to go out to the store and buy everything for this cocktail because I <laughs> it's, it sounds disgusting. It t- it's called the Just Keep Living Margarita. No G. Drop the G when mm-hmm. you're talking about Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. It right. is uh, tequila. It calls for anejo, anejo, but I, that's expensive and I wasn't going to put it in this cocktail when you hear the rest of the ingredients. So I used the Blanco okay. tequila. <laughs> uh, lime juice, orange liqueur, orangina. Okay. I had to use Jaritos because I couldn't find orangina. Tonic water and cranberry juice. Whoa. So this is. I mean, okay. Just keep living, Margarita. It's actually, it's actually um, not that bad. I just am not a huge orange liqueur. Orange liqueur and the orangina together. I was like, that seems like a lot, but it's pretty good. That is a lot. Yeah, yeah. 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 So just keep living. Just All right. Keep living. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Mark, the how recipe about you? does have a. Oh, sorry. I was going to say no. the recipe has a, a like a. Warning on it. it says a viewer, a guest of the show who may not be a professional cook, provided this recipe. It has not been tested for home use. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's I'm awesome. I'm risking my life with this cocktail. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, I'm i drinking uh, the Homicidal Maniac cocktail. And it sounds dangerous, but it's just peach schnapps, cranberry juice, and vodka. <laughs> so, oh, all right. I, I'm into it. I'm into it. Guys, Wow. You really showed me yep. up tonight. You did. Um, <laughs> what do you got? Man, I was out there trolling the liquor store trying to find anything I could. Though I wanted a chainsaw. I wanted Texas. Something 
that was going to bring this yeah. together. You know, I, d- I didn't have it in me for the full cocktail tonight, chasing kids, putting them down and whatnot. Although I did stumble over this. It's called, oh no, it's not going to show it. Le Fat Bastard. <laughs> nice. Fabulously full bodied Cab Sap 2020. $13. Supposed to spit it out. But no way, Jose, am I spin this stuff out. It tastes like fruit. <laughs> nice. I had an English teacher that had that label on his classroom door. So No, we did not. That's a good throwback <laughs> for me. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful label. They've got a got a dancing hippo. Uh, it's um yeah. And it tastes like it's thirteen dollars, I'll just say. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Which character did you have in mind when you picked the Le Fat Bastard? Oh, no, no. That totally derailed me. I just saw the hippo and the great title, and I had to go for it. Um, okay. But, All right. But perfect. if I'm tying it in, I'm going to go with Leatherface. I feel like it's the only one that counts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. For sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I kind of want to do a little synopsis of the movie. Uh, Amanda, I have I have uh, an impulse to just go play by play. And if I can put out an, a synopsis of the movie, that, that kind of calms my brain. So. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> So this is the fourth installment of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. Uh, McConaughey plays a character named Vilmer, and he's, I guess, Leatherface's brother and kind of the the patriarch of the family, uh, this killer family. Uh, We've got Renee Zellweger, who plays Jenny. Uh, Jenny and some of her friends, they leave prom and go down a dirt road for some reason and wreck their car. And then Darla, who is a real estate agent working the midnight shift, sends... uh, (laughs) Happens Jenny all the and time. Her friends. Okay. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Uh, but yeah, Darla sends uh, Jenny and friends into Vilmer's waiting arms. Uh, in the end, everybody dies except Jenny. McConaughey has a mechanical leg for some reason. We find out that the family is causing, you know, horror havoc in the world because they've been employed by the Illuminati. Uh, didn't see that coming. And at the end of the movie, Leatherface does his trademark chainsaw dance. So that's my synopsis. Beautiful. That was that was great, Mark. That was good. Um, I, I feel like you didn't do W.E. Slater justice, however. Uh, another brother, I would presume, uh, who just goes off on these random quotes throughout the movie. And they just get yeah. weirder and weirder. Yeah. Uh, I can kind of relate though when I was in high school and college too, and then even now, my wife and I still we kind of communicate in movie and TV quotes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I I know I took that as he was trying to come off as an intellectual, and I, yeah. I actually meant to look this up beforehand because I recently watched the original maybe a, a year or so ago, and for the first time, this is not a uh, you know family of films that I'm familiar with. Like, I've seen all of the screens like a hundred times each. Like, this is mm-hmm. just not one of my ones. Anyway, I saw it for the first time last sure. year. I think in that one, there is a brother character who tries to come off as the intellectual and I feel like they were trying to do it a little bit more like ham-fisted in this one. And I meant mm-hmm. to go back and review it. So this could be totally like my brain trying to make sense of chaos when there is no sense. <laughs> but I, I was trying to, I was, everything in this movie feels so much more heightened in a weird um, kind of comical way from the original. I was like, well, maybe that's the spin they're trying to do. I'm not sure, but I definitely was like, okay, he wants to be the intellectual brother when yeah. he's clearly 
not the, <laughs> like you said, the patriarch of the family, the leader. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I read on, on uh, Wikipedia some somebody from some blog or, you know, called Bloody Disgusting mm. uh, said that he, because the guy who made this movie made the original. So he's, he's saying, I think that this movie was the director or writer doing a parody of his own work uh, and kind of this film being a commentary on the declining state of horror films in the late 80s and early 90s. Does that strike yeah. a chord with you? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you brought up the article because I read the same one earlier today. Oh, okay. And I always go into a movie blind and then I go later and I do research. And when I was watching it, I was like, it's like they're trying to do Scream, but they keep missing that mark of like, how do you satirize, like, how do you make fun of where we're at in, you know, the horror genre? And mm -hmm. it's like he was trying to get there and I, he, I just don't think he, he gets there in this movie um, in a way that Scream does. And I think because he is using recycled material instead of creating something new that he struggles with the knowledge, like the audience always has already has a knowledge of this existing world or this existing family. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I feel like he misses the mark there. But I read that article and I thought that was interesting because when I was watching it, I was like, damn, it's like they're trying to do Scream and they just keep <laughs> kind of like dropping the thread. But yeah, you should never say who's there. Don't you watch scary movies? It's a death wish. I think there was a lot of arguments out there, too, that it, it's camp. But I'm a pretty big fan of camp, and I didn't find it to be, like, that that good of an interpretation. <laughs> so I think camp I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed yeah. like it was getting there, kind of like having yeah. the self-aware character. I think her name was mm -hmm. Heather or something. And it was getting there, but I don't know. It just feels like it missed the mark a little bit, at least for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure both of y'all read this, but like it was it premiered at South by Southwest to glowing reviews in ninety-five, I guess, under a different name. And then it had a limited release in theaters, didn't do well, and then they recut it, like cut the <laughs> cut some uh some meat out out of the movie and re-released it again in limited theaters in ninety seven under this name. Um uh, and it was a big flop. <laughs> Just an awful flop. Yeah, they re re released it because um Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger both had had career had careers then. Yep. Right. And they were like, "Great, now we can make some money off of this thing." And it still just didn't. It didn't land yeah. even though they were both names by then. Names. I mean, they were just kind of kicking things off. But yeah, it's interesting that you can do that. And I guess if yeah. I don't actually know the like technicality there. If like you can re-release re something under a different, and as long as it's under a different name, you can do that. I have no idea. And you like recut. I have no idea, like, what the... Is there a rule? I don't know if you're allowed to do that. I mean, I don't know. Do people I care? Know. I don't know. I, mean, I know. I was <laughs> like, that's so interesting. Like... Just just call it the Zack Snyder cut and re-release it. <laughs> yeah, I guess the studio can do whatever they want, but... Yeah. Yeah. Did, did either of you guys catch what the original title was? It was uh, Texas Chainsaw... It didn't have the next gen. I know that. Okay. I didn't write it down. I have like four pages of notes. I didn't write it down. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, it didn't. The next gen was the second release for sure. Yeah. Which is interesting. Because yeah, I feel I'll like that's the silliest part of the title. <laughs> <laughs> next generation. Yeah. Feels like Power Rangers or something. Yeah. Well, in 94 is 
is when uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation like ended. So I don't I don't know if that was a oh yeah Star Trek you know something that they pulled you know I, I don't know but um, yeah one thing I clocked was uh, shirtless. We'd like to track if Makane is shirtless. Did y'all did y'all track? Any, I forgot to any do shirtless that. times? I, I didn't pull out my stopwatch this time, Mark. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, can Can you tell us how do we do? Well, so he's got like um, like a Dickies uh, work. Yep. Overall mm-hmm. or, or coveralls Coverall. on, and yeah, there's w- the bizarre scene in the kitchen. Well, I think it I think it happens in the kitchen and then in the um, in the dining room where he just unzips the coveralls and exposes his chest and then takes a knife yep. to his chest. <laughs> So that's that's the closest we get okay. to him being shirtless. But um, I don't know. You know, I mean, you, you mentioned that McConaughey and Zellweger had careers, you know, just a couple years later. I mean, I could tell. I mean, I know I'm a biased, right? No, but yeah, I could you tell. can they tell. They both did a great you job. Can tell. Yeah, you're 100% watching it. And that's like the movie's most redeeming quality overall. And I love Renee Zellweger. I don't think she gets enough credit to begin with. And I loved seeing her as the final girl. And they really go for the trope in this by putting her in the white dress, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, (laughs) Mm -hmm. she, the fact that they both just give it their all. And I think that's something, I think that's what people admire about Matthew McConaughey in general, is that once he's in a role, he embodies the role, he gives Mm -hmm. it his all. It doesn't matter what the role, what the movie, what the director, he just gives it his all. And that's his, you know, he's very passionate. But I think it comes across in both of them that they're going to go for it. And it doesn't matter what yeah. the material is, but they're committed. And right. s- despite everything crazy going on around them, they're, I think, super believable. And you can just tell that they're both big talents compared to um, her original <laughs> date, who might be the worst yeah. actor I've ever seen other than like, <laughs> me trying to do his role. He's so bad. I'm glad he was like one of the first kills, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> we had to get rid of him. He, get out. I think he actually says, please, miss, please, mister. And I was like, oh, no, he's got to go. Please, mister. You're scaring me. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to go. Yeah. I think you're absolutely so right, though. I mean, McConaughey really does. Like, he just sells it. Doesn't matter what's going on. And, you know, even the mechanical leg. I mean, how crazy, right? Yeah. That is the weirdest choice. Um, <laughs> that was something I couldn't get over. That was one of the things where I was like, I can't suspend my disbelief in this instance because that's something I like to, when I watch movies, something I play with. Like, I'll watch a ridiculous movie. I love some of the stupidest movies out there, but because they create their own world in which you can believe, you, you know, you believe this thing so you can believe the next thing. And then before you know it, you're fully suspended in this universe Mm -hmm. that was one thing that i was like every time i saw it i was like you're pulling me out of the world by doing this ridiculous thing it's just not working even though it was controlled by like a zenith um, (laughs) remote (laughs) we were like how many remotes how many remotes are there you didn't recharge my batteries charge pulling them out i'm like okay it was so bizarre Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, so f- you go back to that bloody disgusting article and it's like, is he trying to make commentary about film and his legs controlled by TV remotes? Like how far do you take, how mm. far do you give that credit? Because I don't know. That's silly. some deep thinking yeah, right there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the leg was weird, but the thing that really pulled me away was that the remotes were his kryptonite. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. It was like, it just kind of infant or like, um, it just took away his power. You yeah, know, totally. that a TV remote, you know, it would, totally, would yeah, all his autonomy out. is like stripped away from him in that moment. And, and again, I don't know, like, is that the purpose of like, because they do the same thing with Leatherface, they turn Leatherface, which in the original is one of the scariest. Mm-hmm slasher Mm -hmm. killers out there and seeing him coming after someone in the woods is terrifying and they flip that on its head and in the original he's non-vocal in this he's screaming constantly oh my god into drag and there's like a lot that they're playing there with this character so i'm like are they trying to flip like make the family more silly like less threatening i don't i don't know the thread again i keep losing the thread on the the deep thoughts cuz i don't know if the deep thoughts are there but <laughs> you're I'm making trying. them up yeah, right. <laughs> i love the grandma wig and the apron yes yes you know yeah it's like it got more and more cartoonish the pearls and yeah he needed a strong woman figure and if he didn't have one he was going to make one okay right <laughs> don't don't hate him for that Hey, before we come off of of uh, the character of Vilmer too much, did y'all clock? Vilmer says, "All right, all right, all right." All right, all right. I missed that. Me, me too. In in the dining room, he comes in. He says, "All right, all right, all right." And that goes back to wow. uh, dazed and confused, yep. right? McConaughey's kind of acting process is says, "Who is my man?" He 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 tries to latch onto core uh, character traits. And then build a whole character off of that. Mm-hmm. And Days of Confused, it was what cars, weed, rock and roll, and he's going after going after, going after a chick. Yep. That was his fourth. Yeah. So what do what do we think Vilmer's all rights are? <laughs> like what are what are his core character traits okay, and, so and motivations? As long as we're making up just like things that we're uh-huh. reading into the movie here. All right. I think that him not being in control, like I, I went through and, and watched it again kind of for a second time, and I felt like mm-hmm. that came through a lot, right? Like he wanted to be in control, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was always subservient to someone else. Yeah. So I'm going with an all right there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. He likes to he likes to tow cars with from his Illuminati wrecking uh, service. Did All you right. clock that right away when he pulled yes. up? I wrote it down and I had no idea where that was going to go. But I was like, does his truck say Illuminati on it? It's just bizarre. <laughs> I don't know if we're all trained to look for that now. But I was like, that's bizarre. Well, there's so many lights on the truck. Is, did, does that say Illuminate? Right. Yeah. And you're then, like, what is that? Yeah. But it said and Illuminati. And I thought, what yeah. a strange reference. I was like, what a strange reference for what is supposed to be this backwoods killer family and then again mm-hmm. to bring it back to the other brother quoting stuff consistently like conversation is a game of circles that's ralph waldo emerson you're like what the, what a strange choice for this family and again it makes sense later but it's just straight sense you know in the scheme of yeah. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah interesting i had to i had to ask have you guys seen the original no I feel very underprepared by saying no here. No, I mean, that's fine. I've only seen the original in this one, and there's like eight of them. But I was just curious if you had, because so much of this, I I was trying to determine if we were going to call this a requel or a sequel or reboot, because so many of the scenes are remade 
again. They've recycled a lot of the same kills and they've recycled. The dinner scene is completely recycled, Mm -hmm. um, but turned on its head. And so I just wanted to bring that up because, again, like trying to figure out what the point of this um, making this movie like this is. So like the girl getting killed on the hook. And if I'm digressing too far, we no, can pause. please go. By all but means. But Heather getting killed on the hook, that's one of the original kills in the original yep. movie. And in that movie, it is horrifying. And um, the same thing is like, I want to say like, I should have timed it, but a good chunk of this movie is them at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you get this way watching that scene, but it's very grating and almost exhausting to watch the dinner table scene. And the original is very much like that. They keep her there all night till sunrise. It's exhausting. They're screaming at each other. They're screaming at her. It's just, you almost get the same sort of like prisoner fatigue of like being stuck there sure. with yeah. her. And they recreate that in this movie, except for at the end, again, Leatherface, who's the most imposing, scary killer. Yeah. Renee Zelloger's like, shut up and sit down. You sit the fuck down. And then he does. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. And so again, I'm just like, what is the, what are we doing? Yeah. And he's in drag. In drag. Right. Yeah. Which is supposed to, again, I mean, I guess show weakness or, or, or like take away some of the, the bite of the original character or like, yeah. what do you think about that? You know, I was looking everywhere to see like, did he, the writer, did he ever say Henkel? Did he ever say like why he did that but I couldn't find any information about what why making that choice was important uh-huh. um yeah I found it it could the thing is is I feel like if you have something to say and you're making a point then that's great it just doesn't feel like it had that purpose behind it I don't know it was strange another scene that I felt like didn't have a lot of purpose was in the realtor's trailer <laughs> when <laughs> I mean, this is our introduction to Darla, and she's such such a weird character. Yeah, I would love to talk more about Darla for sure. <laughs> yeah, where she says my boobs are more phony than a three dollar bill, and every peanut farmer wants you know wants to fuck me. And it was like, what? Where is this coming from? And then she flashes a car that throws something Honestly, through the window. I hate to admit this. I watch a lot of Selling Sunset. It's not that off. Only my tits are fake. Like, I'm not fake. Those okay. ladies, oh, they, really? they, they work late. <laughs> they, they've got their fake breasts out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I guess I could believe it. I guess I could we, believe it. We've got to clear the air here. Uh, so my wife and I are both career real estate agents. Um, and yep. Oh, amazing. Oh, okay, yes, because there's the other podcast. Yes, okay. yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and, and again, uh, no, you're 100% right. Yep, this 100% tracks. <laughs> and I get annoyed by Heather all the time. It's just because of the way she looks, because of the way she dresses, because of the way she speaks. It's because of the lack of wheels turning up there. That's how you spend Johnny. your nights, I know. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, do you go around at saying farmers' wives and high school boys are always trying to get me to flash them? You know, it goes over, that line goes over a lot better now that I'm not an elementary school teacher. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, Amanda. I, I felt like, I mean, when I saw her, I mean, we actually see one of her breasts and it's like, they didn't have to show that. And it no. felt to me like a very... 80s movie thing where it's like meatballs or whatever where mm-hmm. you have to have a couple of naked women mm-hmm. to, to make it you know 
PG, right? Right, yeah, for people to watch it. But <laughs> mm-hmm. it just felt really tropey and unnecessary. Um, yeah, and know. it's a bit, it's a bit, it's just not necessary. It's a bit egregious. I mean, thankfully, they don't continue to repeat that choice yeah. with all of our actresses, which is a really good thing. And I think, mm. I just, again, yeah, it's a choice, but why, why bother other than, I don't know. So someone can say like, oh, I saw the Texas Chainsaw movie in there. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. And I'm 14 and I'm thrilled. Exactly. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, is that a theme from like 70s and 80s horror movies? Is there like exploitation of women or? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and I think in like the late 80s and 90s, especially that became something that was like, it's weird to say important to the genre, but I mean, we could go down a really long rabbit hole about women in horror films and about the juxtaposition of the final girl, who is this virginal character, mm-hmm. mm. versus everybody else, and and then the journey of the final girl that she has to go on to, um, you know, find her voice, find her strength, find whatever it is she's been burying, and unleashing mm-hmm. it. And becoming something else. But um, yeah, I've always kind of struggled with that as like a fan of horror films. And as a woman, you're like, wow, I love these movies. I I also just made my husband watch um, Showgirls, which is like two hours of topless women. (laughs) So I'm thinking strip club tonight. Hmm? So have you ever seen (laughs) Showgirls? It's super, it's NC-17. It's super, talk about egregious. So I always (laughs) struggle with that in film in general because you're like, again, I think there's some purpose to some things. But yeah, in general, in a horror movie, it was to bring, pack people into into the theater Mm -hmm. and give them something to gawk at. It's the Mm -hmm. same as as kills, right? You could argue that all horror sure. film is sort of egregious and we don't need to see stabbings, hangings. I mean, it runs the gamut. Right. right. Um, but then you can make the argument of, I mean, the whole, again, the whole genre, the genre on its own of like, okay, but what are we saying? What are we trying to accomplish? Does yeah. this kill or does this feed our fear because there is something about being naked and alone that's scary in general. Mm. Sure. So yeah. can yeah. you drive the same fear without that? I don't know. Again, I could probably go down a deep rabbit hole, but in ter- <laughs> to your point in terms of Darla, it doesn't drive yeah. fear. It doesn't give her power. Cause sometimes I think no. maybe that's the angle they were going for is like, she's powerful mm. um, in her sexuality, which is another way you could, you could use it right. As someone who's comfortable and powerful. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't know if it works with her because yeah. we learn what she really is later, which is anything yeah. but powerful. So I don't know. Yeah. Again, it's not full frontal. It's like a side view. It's they could so have totally, brief. I know. They could have totally covered it. Like there was no reason to have it in there. But yeah. Um, it's interesting that you say that she's not a, a powerful character. I thought that she was, I mean, I know that she's subservient. You know, we see to Vilmer and things, but she yeah. was very, I think, confident uh, as a as a character. Yeah, no, I, that's a good argument for sure. Because um, she's actually probably one of our more complex characters with complex motivations, mm-hmm. right? Which actually mm-hmm. makes her a great female character because that's rare. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, that's an interesting argument. She is confident and she's there because she believes that in the Illuminati, which she is right, right? In the end. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Turns out she's right. <laughs> Whether there's a chip in her head that's going to make it explode or not, she's right. Yeah. I just can't. See, he put this little thing in my head and all he has to do is push one little button and, and, and blow my head clean off. <laughs> there's nothing in your head. Boy, the guts to just open that trunk at the drive-thru with the cops, you know, yeah, coming up to point. him. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, she doesn't care. She doesn't. But yeah. it, it was scenes like that where it was like, is she just totally nuts or or is she just confident? Yeah. But. Yeah. I think my big question for her was like originally when I first saw her in the house, I'm like, oh, so she married into this. At first I was like, oh, she's the sister and she's put together and she's the mm-hmm. one that is like the front for the right. family. And then I was like, oh, she chose, she married into this. She chose to be here, which makes her again more interesting than just the sister mm-hmm. or someone well, who's been stuck. If, you know, if you're in a place where you believe that someone puts a chip in your head that could make you explode, I mean, is there <laughs> a lot of choice there is what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and she references like, you know, I can always go back to my husband. So I wonder if she's still married and is oh, yeah. like sh- shacking up with this, you know, crazy family. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, her her character was, was was a highlight for me. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I liked her relationship with Jenny. I found it interesting um, and definitely something that the original lacks because there's no women. So um mm it's interesting to have a woman in the room during all of that. And then those like side conversations they have Mm -hmm. that she writes off as just girl talk and what have you, but now, now don't you let him get to you. Cause that's what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. She's an interesting character. Definitely a good ad. I would say. (laughs) Did this movie pass the Bechdel test? Oh, uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. The what? Hold on. Del test. It's where, uh, a woman has to, two, two women have to have a conversation about something other than a love interest. Right? Yeah, other is, than uh, men. Basically it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what kind of movie I, is that? I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> One made after 2015. Is, yeah. 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 They have to talk about men. They can't talk about men relationships or sex or something. There's like a couple tears to it. I guess I'm trying to remember the conversation exactly when they're in the... Um, when she's putting her in the dress, I don't know if it does pass, actually. I think they're always talking about them as like a th- potential threat, right? Right, right. right. Yeah. So it, it, it was. Uh, us down. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a step up from the original where <laughs> at least there's two women talking to each other, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, what? I, I want to jump back to McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Do you? I, I rewatched today to like skim through. The first time we see him, he's in the tow truck. Yep. And he he jumps out and spits his chewing tobacco out. I don't know what what, what were your first impressions? Uh, I mean, as someone who grew up in rural Georgia, I was impressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good spit. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> good spit. Yeah. <laughs> um. I. Okay. You want to know what my first impressions were, Mark? I'll tell you. Yeah. Whatever happened to that other kid? Okay. I feel like we we, we <laughs> dropped the ball on the other guy who was dying in the street. Uh, 
the kid who was in the middle of the woods in his sports car yeah. and just rammed into it. That's, okay. that's what, yeah. I, yeah, I'm sorry, Mark. I, I know I'm deviating from what you're going for, but that's what I want to know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, what wait, happened um, to he got that a, kid? He, he gets his neck broken. But we just leave him there? That's just... Oh, well, I mean, Matthew McConaughey, like, cleared the road, right? Like, Homer <laughs> yeah. road, right? And then I guess... I guess... I, yeah, he's one of the bodies hanging from the tow truck. Oh, right, yeah, he's in the truck. Oh, God! Yeah, of course you gotta throw in a little something extra. Just let him know it ain't Saturday morning cartoons, if you know what I mean. You're right. Oh, good, okay, I, you know what, yeah. you're right. You're right, you're right, Mark. We took care of it, thank you. <laughs> I just want to know where that kid came from. Well... Well, that, okay... Talk about suspending disbelief. And this was something that bothered me the whole movie. Yeah. It's a very populated area. It was. Yeah. It really was. Yes. I was like, there's cars, there's bike, like motorcycles, there's businesses. There's. I'm like, this is very populated for one of these movies, I thought. I mean, how much has to be going on in that town for a real estate agent to be working at 10 o'clock at night? Okay. That is a happening yeah. place. Just saying. And again, I and kept... They were. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and they were only a mile off of the main <laughs> road. And, you know, I guess they explain it by saying, uh, oh, don't talk to that old man at the service station. You know, he's a he's a creep or whatever. But if you're I don't know. Yeah, that didn't sell it for me. Yeah. And I kept it, the house is identical or close to the original house. And so, again, trying to give this movie more credit than maybe it deserves. I don't know. I kept being like, oh, it's the same house and like civilization has encroached in to mm. their space, right? It used to be remote, but over time, over the 25 odd years, whatever, civilization's encroached in and they've just continued to operate and they've changed how they operate, but they're still there. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think that's fantastic. Hold on to that. Absolutely. <laughs> My husband was like, absolutely not. I'm like, okay, well. Uh, <laughs> okay. He's like, that's well, too he... much credit. And I'm like, no, no, no. I <laughs> think it's real. I think it's real. I remember getting into an argument with my ninth grade English teacher about uh, To Kill a Mockingbird and like the author's intent. And it was like, no, come on. You're reading way too into this. You <laughs> Don't know? give him so much credit. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's my problem. But, I was an English major. So I've been trained uh, to pull something out of nothing consistently. But, yeah. I think that that would go along with the whole satirical theme, right? Like, okay, this, you know, horror in modern society, like, where mm -hmm. are these rural places, right? Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's why I'm like, I wish they had almost pushed it more, right? Made it mm -hmm. funnier, made it a little bit more over the top. Like, it's almost like, again, to your point, that like pizza scene and she's opening her trunk. They like, they get so close to pushing yeah. kind of like over the topness. And I wish mm -hmm. they just went fully for it. I think that would be more fun. What you got in the car, honey? Uh, believe me, you don't want to know. <laughs> it's like they go for it and then pull back. I agree. I, yeah. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, so there was a Netflix fl flick that came out in the last year. Um, uh, Jesus. It had uh, the main star from the good place in it the the blonde girl it was like uh, the woman sitting in oh yes yeah yes. yeah the woman right? in the room across the street yes in the house or whatever it's so good all right 
Uh, another one that just went way over my head. Didn't even realize it was satire until until <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> this was all that said and done. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Yeah. My wife was watching it, and I would like pop in and watch a few minutes. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. fucking weird. Like, what are they? What is going on? So, like, when the episode ended, I asked her. She's like, Oh no, it's a lifetime yeah, movie. A <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's just a brilliant, a brilliant move. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah. That wine pour I, is like iconic to me now in my in my mind. The way she pours her wine in that yes, right all the, the way over the top. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, iconic. okay, that tracks now. Looking back, yep, yep. Oh no, thank you. I don't drink wine anymore. I'll have a vodka. <laughs> As I'm sitting here, just going back for my third or fourth refill. I don't know how you guys yeah, are doing. Get it up to the. I know. I should. Pro- I've been talking too much. Clearly. <laughs> No, you're bringing so much value to this podcast. People are going to stop listening after <laughs> Right, they're going to be like, oh, it's just these guys again. It's just nice of you to let yeah. me rat- go down these like things that I think about, just rattling stuff off. But it is fascinating. I think it's fascinating. I think it's more fascinating to watch a bad movie than a good movie. I think you can learn more about good movies watching bad movies, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to go yeah. back and watch the first one and then watch this one again because now you have me so intrigued. I'm you like, totally should. You, you, I highly, first of all, it's, it's a lot. Like, again, I found it very draining to watch because it is this like seventies. It's very like the chainsaws going for so long and they're Mm -hmm. screaming and they're yelling. I mean, it's super kind of grating to be honest, but it Mm. is terrifying. Leatherface is way scary. Um, and my favorite room in the house is in, they don't show it in this one is in that one, which I don't think it's a spoiler, but. I can tell you or not tell you. I mean, no, there's, tell us. Tell us. Are you kidding? There's, I there's, want to know. There's a, yeah, whole, a whole room full of bones, like a bone room. It's just full of bones. And one of the girls, there's a couple girls, um, she falls in and she's just sinking into just like debris of bones. And they're hanging, like they have spinal cords hanging oh. and like rib cages. And there's like decorative. And then there's just piles of bones everywhere. And it's just like... They've been killing, you know, hundreds and hundreds of sure. people. They kind of do it with the skin bathroom. Mm-hmm. But the bone room, there's something about bones that's a little bit scarier. Oh, so in this movie, the wallpaper was skin in the bathroom? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was. Oh, I did not pick up on see, that. You did see the I skin didn't pick hanging up on, on that. the back. I the saw door. the skin hanging. I, I I thought it almost was hanging uh, like a towel on a, on a towel yeah. rack. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was so gross. So <laughs> gross. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just normal. I'm normal. fairly certain the wallpaper was skin. We can go back and check. <laughs> that might be, that might be <laughs> yeah, me I, wishing I, for I the didn't... bone room, though. So. Right, right. No, that I mean that would yeah. totally make sense. It's gruesome. It's gruesome stuff. But and I think both movies uh ride the line of like torture porn, you know, a little bit. Sure. But mm. you have to be careful of in horror movies cuz it's e- I think it's an easy line to cross if you're being again to our point about being egregious with things. Isn't that like um, every one of the saw movies? Um would would, would that be fair? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I saw them in high school, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, these are cool, but I would never rewatch them. It's something I can't rewatch. Hello. Do you want to play a game? My skin still crawls. I actually was talking about them yesterday, and I was like, nope, it's too much for me. I'm good. Yeah, it's so much. Body horror is a lot, and uh, 
you have to be careful about how much of that you're consuming too. As I get older, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, this, mm. they were right. Like this affects your mental health. (laughs) (laughs) And constantly like my dreams get weird. I got a, I actually, I have this watch that tracks my heart rate. And after we watched this one, Chainsaw, I went and looked and it was like, you've been in the high stress range for an hour and a half. And I'm like, yeah, I was stressed out watching that movie. Even though as silly as it was, it's still stressful to see human beings yeah. like in a situation like that. So well, and just, like you were saying, you really, you put yourself in there. You allow yourself to get into the movie and really believe it. I try if they'll let me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you guys just let me, I'll believe anything. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was strange to see McConaughey be so violent. <laughs> Do you think all I want to do is kill you? I don't know. Yeah. And being violent, but doing some of his character uh, characterizations that he always does. Like when he's standing on the porch and he's screaming. Yes. I was like, this is like six of his other characters. (laughs) And it threw me. Like that deep yelling he does. And I can't place some of the other movies where he does that. Maybe Wolf of Wall Street. Maybe like... Um, I'll have to think about it, but you know what I mean? That deep yelling where he's like beating his chest kind exactly. of like yeah, yeah, yeah. bravado. Yep. It's mm-hmm. the bravado side of him. Yeah. I was like, that's super unsettling actually. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to see that here. And he has, yeah. He has a mannerism where mm-hmm. he does a sniff and really mm-hmm. lifts his nose up. You see him do that all throughout his career. We saw mm-hmm. him do that here. And yeah, so a lot of, a lot of things that are just, McConaughey mm-hmm. essential qualities and he brought out and it was really, really strange to see him as as the bad guy sticking well, his fingers in Renee Zellweger's uh, mouth and yeah. choking her. And, and you you said this in your yeah. Days and Confused episode that I listened to where in that case, he takes someone who's kind of sleazy and makes him likable. And in this one, yeah. I'm like, oh, you're taking someone likable and making them very scary to me. <laughs> Like his same mannerisms are now very creepy and very scary, and it's the same mannerisms. Right. So yeah, yeah. It did kind yeah. of skew my thoughts on him. And did you st- come across his um, like how he auditioned for this by chance? Yes. Like is upsetting. Um, <laughs> so also, upsetting. <laughs> uh, one more. So- I'm gonna like digress from that thought for a second. Have Go. you read Green Lights? His book, his memoir book. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, three quarters of the way through. I highly recommend the book in general. I think it's a great book, but um, because he's just so, it's one of those books where you like want to roll your eyes and you're like, but I can't. Like, I like this. He covers it in that book at some point. Um, Yes. But he was auditioning for like a motorcycle rider role, like a very minor role. And as he was leaving, the director was like, hey, do you know anyone who'd be good for Vilmer? We haven't filled the role yet. And he's like, oh, I'll think about it. And then he went and he like got in his U-Haul. You know, he's got his way of telling a McConaughey story. Got in his U-Haul. And he's like, Mm -hmm. actually, I should put myself forth. So he goes back and he's like, how about me? And he like holds one of the movie secretaries down and like holds a spoon to her throat and threatens her and like scares the living shit out of her. And they were like, yes. She cries or something. And they're like, yes, you got the role. And I was like, that's actually kind of psychotic. Yeah. That actually scares me a little bit. Jeez. Right. Yeah, I just read that that passage oh, from good. the book over the weekend. 
Yeah, yeah, he was going to be, it was one day of shooting was his original role. And yeah, he had his U-Haul packed up. He was going to move to Hollywood and just see what he could make happen. And uh, yeah, did that scary, psychotic um, audition and ended up having to stick around in Austin for four weeks uh, to be It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 But again, to the point that he's super committed, I mean. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So do we think that um, he makes a good, bad character? I I feel like generally his roles are not that way. Yeah. I mean, I think he was believable. And I think, well, now I said it. Now I don't believe. I don't know. (laughs) I'm taking it back. I take it back. (laughs) I gotta take it back. I gotta roll it back for a second and really think about it. Yeah. And the next thing that we watch, he plays a bad guy. He's like a drug runner. Marcus, uh, 2023. Drug runners are not the bad guys anymore. Which one? Which one was that? (laughs) Yeah, Scorpion Spring. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's an independent it's film. It's not to be mistaken. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not Scorpion King. That's what I thought we were going to watch. Me too. It's not that. Bummer. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah, Scorpion Spring was a little independent film. And uh, he's only in the last like 12 or 15 minutes of it. But he plays a bad guy there. And and having seen that, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would want him to continue to be a bad guy throughout his career. Because he is, mm. he has so much swagger. He has so much charisma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so good at his other roles. Yeah. Why would we do this? Yeah. Like, why? But he does do a good job, I think, in, in this role as the evil terrorizer, you know? He's not near as bad as he seems once you get to know him. It's just this job, you know, all the stress. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It could be interesting at this point in his career to see it. But he's also like the perfect anti-hero. So that's really his sweet spot. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just want more of that. Like, are you guys going to do True Detective or is TV out? Like, TV has been removed from your project. No, we're going to do True Detective. Amazing. That's probably his his best performance ever. Johnny and I have not talked about it, but yes, we are going to do it. (laughs) Okay, we're going to do it. I heard it here. We're doing it. (laughs) So if you're going to do that, you have to watch his episode of Sex in the City as well. Yes. Um, And I'd love to come back when you get there. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I I will put you down on the list. Yes. Also <laughs> iconic. Uh, just very iconic uh, for him. But yeah. Yeah. I, I watched yeah. a few minutes of that uh, last week and it was, yeah. Oh, you yeah. did? Like a, he's a weird, uh, I don't know, exaggerated version. That's where he does the yelling. Oh, that's bullshit, Gary. You know it. From this movie, he does the yelling. Okay, okay. Get that bitch! Maybe that's why I was so triggered. Interesting. <laughs> Flashbacks. No, no. Yeah, I'm like, no. Oh, so fun. He's he's uh, he's a such an interesting person to do this with. Yeah. Super, I think it's super smart you guys are doing this. It's just, he's, he somehow like has, again, these mannerisms, these characteristics that he brings to a lot of his roles. And yet you don't get sick of him. You're not like, oh, he's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just very interesting how likable he is, isn't it? He is insanely likable. And it's, I find it so interesting how far back, like the things that we all hold on to go, like the all right, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Like, 
it was an off-screen line he did for Days and Confused, and it just carried through for decades. Yeah. Incredible. Don't you worry about that old boy that drives the wrecker. I have not yet begun to fight. That's John Paul Jones. Why are my batteries not charged? Discretion is the better part of valor. And the Billy Shakespeare. It was supposed to be a spiritual experience. Well, Amanda, were there any other times during the movie that you had to suspend disbelief? Because I've, I've got a couple Oof. of examples. Yeah. Um, I also take all my notes by hand. Do you guys do that too, or do you take them in your phone? Both. Big okay. hand writer here, for sure. Okay, good. Is that a millennial thing? Did we find, did we, I want to say we cracked the code, but is that what sets us apart? I don't know. I'm a, I, I can't, don't. I can't think I'm, uh, yeah, what's. Like typing, I can't think. Yeah, I've, you know, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer, so I'm I'm stuck with these yellow notepads uh, being a part of my life. I would love to hear what you had trouble with. So a thing that I, I noticed, Johnny, tell me if you noticed this. You know, Heather is the other prom goer. Mm-hmm. And she's... <sighs> Amazing costuming, by the way. <laughs> I love her costume. Incredible. I was like, where do I get that? <laughs> I mean, she goes through all Obsessed. kinds of stuff. She gets thrown in the freezer a couple of times. She's put on a hook. And she, like, crawls down the driveway. And then they bring her back into the kitchen. She still has her heels on <laughs> after all that. <laughs> Girl is committed, she's looking, man. She's looking for them, too. She's like, come on, we have to go. And she's like, where are my shoes? Yeah. Like they're dragging <laughs> where are my shoes is the quote of the movie. <laughs> yeah, they're dragging her into the kitchen, and one of her heels falls off just easily. And it's like, no way. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She really bears the brunt of the violence in this movie, mm-hmm. which is typical, but felt way over the top in this. Mm. Like in, in the original, once you go on the meat hook, you're not coming off. How does she get off the meat hook? Good question. Like once you're on a meat hook, I'm pretty sure. That is a very good question. I'm no scientist and I'm no butcher, but I think once you're on the meat hook, you're on the meat hook. <laughs> you're there to stay. <laughs> yeah, one would think. So I felt very like, okay, we're really, and again, is that them trying to be comedic? I don't, I still don't know. Yeah. So yeah, that is a, a weird place where you're trying to stay in it and you're like, this is kind of s- silly. But her death is also super scary. Yeah. So, and her- horrific. Yeah. The, the mechanical um, leg crush. Yeah, like, wow. I read some article that called him Mecca McConaughey. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Stuck with me. I was like, that's good. That's brilliant. But yeah, like that's a violent way to go. Yeah. Um, and then again, you just never, you don't really know. After that, she's just there on the floor, I guess. It's just very, I don't know, unsettling. But up until that point, yeah, they really, um, she's all over the place, getting used and abused. So, I'm sorry. I feel like no one has addressed the elephant in the room. All right, if we're going to talk about strange ways people die. Okay, why has no one brought up how Vilmer meets meets the end of the road? Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about like a juxtaposition, right? I mean, Heather with her head smashed on the floor and then McConaughey and Vilmer 
on the ground with his his head smashed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like. And got- that guy never circles back around. That crop duster's like, I'm good for one, yeah. and then I have somewhere to be. <laughs> there are still more people there. If he's going to be a vigilante in the airplane, come back and do the job. Yeah. Okay. I was like, is he going to circle back? Oh, no, she's going to get into an unmarked vehicle. Right. Okay. Well, so that was the Illuminati hired the crop duster, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, 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 oh. Wait, what? I feel like, right? No. You think they hired that guy to take McConaughey out? Well, because immediately after the limo with the... They did pick her up. Yeah. yeah. They were there. But it was a runway, so maybe it was somebody trying to land and they go, oh, shit. This is why the Illuminati storyline is bad, yeah. because you can just be like, well, it's the Illuminati. They must have done it. Right. <laughs> That's what makes it perfect. Okay? That's the plot line where you're like, dump it in the Illuminati plot line. It's fine. Yeah. They yes. can do anything. Yeah. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, well, McConaughey says, uh, don't you think... or don't you think I know that the FBI has this place under 24-hour surveillance? You're like, oh, God, this this guy's crazy. And then, yeah, he's crazy. And then the Illuminati yeah. comes in and says, oh, well, maybe yeah. he's not crazy. This is all real. <laughs> I know. I'm going to use that as a, a device the next time I'm writing a script. I'll be like, mm, these two plot points aren't matching up. But if I just say it's the Illuminati. <laughs> the lizard people. From Saul. Yeah. It's okay, the band-aid so- of plot holes. I was I was a teacher for 11 years, and I swear to God, my fifth grade kids would talk about the Illuminati all the damn time. I'm not sure what was really? happening at that point in history, but it's all they would talk about. Wow. So, yeah. What was this, like 2012? No, no. Like, uh, let's say this was four or five years ago. Let's oh. say. Yeah. Hmm. I don't Got know. Me. I was thinking the, uh, the Nick Cage movies. Steal the Declaration of Independence or whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, um, National Treasure. Yeah, yeah dude. Which are, Man, in fact, National movies. Treasures. Okay, <laughs> those movies. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, mm. man. You know, Nicolas Cage would be another one that would be a great subject for a podcast. Like, that guy's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm an actor. No, you're a fucking movie star, and don't you ever forget that. I think there are some. I think there's one called Cage Rage, actually. Oh, that's good. <laughs> okay. Cage Rage. Yeah. Which he is, he's another interesting person to follow their careers. I Because I think in a, like Matthew McConaughey somewhat similarly had that, I don't want to call it a lull, but he had like his rom-com phase. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where yep. he was like doing things he didn't want to do. And then I think like Nick Cage also had a lull where he was just like not doing what he wanted to be doing. Um, and then made fun of himself and came back out on top. Yeah. But which is a great movie, by the way. Um, <laughs> it is so good. <laughs> God, it's so good. God. Um, but yeah, he had his whole like rom-com lull that he worked very hard to get out of. Oh, come on. Um, come on. But yeah. Those are his hits. Yeah. I'm not thrilled. Yeah, but you for know, that. you know, he took time off from yeah. them because he was like, "I can't do this anymore." Which I'm making so much money, but I'm not happy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rom com. I mean, he's a guy that walks around. He's, he walks around with a djembe. All right. He doesn't need money. That's not his thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have a djembe. Oh, amazing! Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you could open a McConaughey museum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just read in, in Green Lights where he he partied for 32 hours after the Longhorns won some game. 
<laughs> was playing the yeah. djembe naked, smoking a bowl in his apartment. <laughs> yeah, and the cops yeah. busted in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was playing the music a little too loud, and I was playing my bongos a little too loud. And what happened? I think I, I left a couple of windows open in the back backyard, um, banging on some bongos. What what time of day was it? Two thirty-seven in the a.m. So said the report. Wow. On a Monday morning. So so the police come, they knock on the door, you, you let them in. What happened? Well, um, no, I don't, they didn't really knock. They came on in, and I, yeah. Now, and and you were uh, you were naked? Is that also I part was, of the deal? I was buck naked. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was a cool Austin night, 68 degrees. Mm -hmm. Had all the doors and yeah. windows open. You know, it was a full moon. There was everything. It just feels better too. You know? See, so brilliant. He's something else. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. he keeps it real. Yeah. Again. He somehow keeps it real, but also he's like an aloofness I'll never encapsulate in my life. Yeah. I but. don't don't talk not with an attitude like that. <laughs> no, you can do it. <laughs> I need some like strong something or other because yeah. <laughs> he's so hardworking and somehow so chill. I'm like, how do you do both? How do you do both, Matthew? Yeah. That's what makes him a legend. Okay. That's why I read Green Lights. I was like, tell me how. What's the recipe? Yes, right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I'm from Texas. I'm like, okay, well, that's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark, lead us into something, man. Give us a, a Makanichi. What you got? <laughs> I, I just want to meet new people and do cool things. I thought, man, that is about the best reason to go and do something. There is in life, isn't it? So I wrote down a few different things. And Amanda, you know, a Makanichi, a Makanichi in its purest form would be uh, some sort of distilled wisdom that we're able to take away from McConaughey's performance. But I think especially in these early movies, that's not always possible. So, you know, it can be either wisdom or just a favorite line or moment or what have you. So I've, I mean, I've got a few. I think, I think my McConaughey will be the wonderful performance by Renee Zellweger's stunt double on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, great take Tell away. Us more. It was not Renee Zellweger, and there was they weren't trying to hide it. <laughs> it was so, it's like, oh my god, yeah. I have to look up the full quote because I wrote it down real sloppy, but I got one. Oh, you guys don't have to wait for me. I just wanted to let you know yeah. I'm Googling something. <laughs> um, McConaughey, what, what wisdom can we take away from this film? Oh, yeah, I got it. Okay. Go, um, go. The Illuminati guy. Uh -huh can't remember his name. He's just yep. the Illuminati to me. He comes in and he's like, what is this? This is absurd or, yeah, this is absurd. And then he says, I want these people to know the meaning of horror. Is that clear? I want these people to know the meaning of horror. Horror. Is that clear? And I... I liked that because I like horror movies and I thought it was very self-referential and very interesting. And I was like, yeah, we do want people to know the meaning of horror. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I liked it. That's all I got. No. no okay. So I want to go, I want to jump off of that. I want to I like, continue down that, that line because I'm with you. 
the Illuminati characters were my favorite. Um, and so in the limo, when they picked uh, Renee Zellweger up, mm-hmm. he said, this was supposed to be a spiritual experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So weird. I, I just, I don't know why that struck me, but I was like, that's pretty interesting. I like where you yeah. go in there. And I think that that could be, you know, exactly what you were saying. Like the whole horror movie. Like what's the goal at the end of the mm-hmm. horror movie, mm-hmm. right? What are mm-hmm. we trying to get out of this? Yeah. 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 Amanda, so, are you a Arrested Development fan? I am, yes. So. She was she was born around our time, Mark. Why wouldn't she exactly. be? Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know, there's a scene where Michael and Rita are at the the American restaurant in Little Little Britain or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Michael says, uh, my, my brother's living in a state of arrested development. And then Ron Howard says, hey, that's the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the note I made when the Illuminati guy said, I want people to know the meaning of horror. I, I wrote down, yes. that's the name of this show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. exact, that's exactly what I liked about yeah. it. And again, wish what I wish they had leaned into more mm. of that self-parody yeah. or whatever you could call it. But yeah, in a way I, that I think, again, Scream, big fan, but Scream just nails um, that self-referential so, stuff so well. So you would be much more knowledgeable about this than, than I. Um, but my I have heard it said... That Scream was not originally written to be the parody that it is today. Um, and that they ran into... Okay, hey, I saw your eyes. I saw your eyes. <laughs> and that's, the you know, uh, what this one person, who knows how long ago I had once heard said, they, had, they went that direction because they ran into a, um, uh, a rating problem with all of the gore and all of the blood and they wanted to be able to bring it down and the way for them to do that was to say, oh, well, it's it's a parody. Um, I've actually, for all my researching that I do, I've never researched my favorite movies actually. <gasps> oh, okay. Scream, but- as in Scream. So I actually didn't, I don't know if I've, maybe I've heard that, but I don't actually know that. But I think you're right. Fact. And every time that you've referenced it, I felt like a little like warm thing in my, in my heart because- <clears throat> I, I love Scream. I loved everything about Scream. Um, yeah. And I'm with you. I, I 100% am with and you. And they embrace that like parody aspect. Like in the, as the sequels go, it gets more and more heavy handed, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I when I watch Scream, it feels like a movie made by people who like scary movies. I think that's what makes it so fun. Yeah. And I, maybe that's what I don't like about this movie. It feels like it was made by someone. Who doesn't like scary? <laughs> <laughs> wow! So wow. I keep thinking in the back of my head, like, is this like payback? Because this is after the crazy '80s version mm. that came out, right? Yeah, that he was he the original director was involved with, but the this writer Henkel he was not right. So, so it was he, like the original director, the writer, then just the director, and then writer, director, right? I couldn't keep all that straight. It was, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot I going on their, there. I should yeah. have used their names, but I forgot yeah. them. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're going to listen to this podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Henkel and 
Yeah. Somebody. Yeah. But well, Hooper. I'm also very excited about watching that one because that one looked like just the most ridiculous thing ever filmed. That Well, that one I'm going to I was going to watch it actually as a pairing with this one and then after I finished this one I was like, "Oh, I got to take a break." Um <laughs> I instead watched this insane movie called Ticks, but um, <laughs> another horror movie. Okay. See, they call me panic because I never do. How about you? Um, but what's interesting about the sequel is it's a canon film. Are you familiar with the canon, like, movie production company? No. They, they were this production company. You should watch the documentary. I'll give you a very long watch list, but... Okay. Um, they were this production company. They were these two guys and they, they were kind of like, um, I don't want to say scammers, but they were just very good at what they, at producing and they'd get all this money and they'd make these ridiculous movies. Like they made a lot of like, I should pull up the list cause you would rec- like, do you know breaking like the breakdance movie? Electric Boogaloo. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know electric Boogaloo Whatever. as a concept. I didn't know it was a movie. Yeah, that's what they're making fun of in that Always Sunny episode. Okay. Then, let's call it Chardy McDennis 2, Electric Boogaloo. What made you just think of that? What? It's not a breakdancing competition. There's no electricity involved. Um, God, I'm really going. I feel like I've got 15 threads going now. But anyway, they were made, they made these like B-movies, crazy B-movies all the time. And they had, they just bought the rights to everything when they could. And they'd buy the rights to something and then they'd make these like not so great movies. So they bought the rights to Texas Chainsaw, and that's why that movie is so ridiculous. Huh. No way. Yeah. I did. A, anyone who like knows canon is going to be like, wow, she botched that. But that's the general gist. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Okay. You should watch the canon documentary. I'll put that on your watch list. Uh, that that just reminds me. That reminds me of the movie The Producers. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, just going scamming people out of money. They Matthew McConaughey probably loves them because they're big make it like fake it till you make it people. Okay. You know. That is kind of his okay. philosophy. Yeah. Right. Kind. Well. Kind of. Hey. But yeah, they used to just. Do you guys know Masters of the Universe? That's the that's the big one. That sounds so familiar to me. That does sound they, familiar. I don't know they why. Did that. That's like probably their most well-known one. I don't know. Okay. I was like, yeah. I got to look up the list. I'll but look anyway. it up. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> yeah. They used to just buy rights and they would, the happy hooker. I mean, they used to just do all sorts of crazy stuff. And, um. Oh my God. Masters of the universe looks incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Masters of the universe is next level. This um, is, yeah. I think I've seen this. Yeah. It's, um, Again, they were trying to make this like large scale, huge fantasy movie, but they just like didn't have enough money. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's based on the comic book Skeletor and yep. blah, blah, blah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that no, Dolph Lundgren? I could. I'm t- yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, I could do this all day. It's so embarrassing. I have too many threads going in my head at all times. But you can add that to your watch list as well. Um, I think I'm watching it tonight. I'm going to text Dustin right now. <laughs> We're going to plex so that, bad. That, that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. But that's, yeah, they were big B-movie, uh, maybe even C-movie proprietors. So I feel like I could make a good living as a C-movie, like main guy, right? Like, oh, I know Sounds him like from blast. all those C-movies. Yeah, right? <laughs> 
I always call yeah, I call him like the that guy. You're like, oh that guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've seen him in twenty five things, you don't know his name. Right. I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah. That guy. You always play skeleton. I guess <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I guess the technical term is probably character actor, but I prefer that guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. I went, we went I? way off the we went no. way off the rail. <laughs> what was I watching just recently? And oh my god, I feel so dumb because they were talk. Uh, whoever was talking was like, "Yeah, they want me to be a character actor." I'm oh Arnold's freaking Schwarzenegger. Have y'all seen the documentary? No. Came oh out. no, it's on my it's on my list. Though. I really oh want to watch god, it. Oh my god, it's amazing. Okay, sorry. Yeah. It, he brought up character acting. That's how oh, I got yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Okay. There you go. Oh, that. I mean, that makes sense because he because of who he is and how. Who, he's right. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Just a just a badass documentary. I mean, the guy, the way his mind works. I, I want to yeah. be him. I want to be him. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I feel about Stallone, which is all equally like. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of ambition, I guess I look up sure. to Stallone. Yeah. Just like how he made his first movie is very inspiring. But his first movie being Rocky. <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> I've got a journal entry that kind of relates to that. Mark. Tell us your journal entry for today. What do we got? That's the fun about journaling. There are no rules, all right? All right, all right, all right. So this is from Greenlights, and it's right where he's talking about his, I would say, unique uh, audition for this role as Vilmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it would relate to, to Stallone and Rocky. Mm-hmm. If you're not a starter and you think you should be, Give them no choice in the decision. Play so well, it's undeniable. I mean, that really is how he takes his roles, right? It is how he works. Yep. Yeah. That's, yep. Even Larry. All right, let's go all the way back to Larry, the guy who <laughs> would know what I mean, just getting shot in the front lawn, yeah. you know, doing Larry things. <laughs> yeah. Committed. 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 He is committed. I think yeah. I tracked a Larry scream. In, in in this Vilmer performance. So I'm going to have to do a side-by-side for the listeners. I swear it's yes. the same scream. Yes. Um, yes. So Mark, I think we need to, um, to have a review, right? Yes. We have to review this film. Mm. What are we going to use? What's our subject? So Amanda, we, we try to, organically come up with a, a rating metric. You know, mm. we don't want to use stars. That's boring. Yeah. So. But a one out of ten scale, nonetheless, yes, right? Yes. Yeah, so if you'll help oh, us. Re- yeah. Can we do remote controls? Like yes! This? Yes. <laughs> Perfect. That's. <laughs> okay. I love that. I love that. Okay. Okay. All right. How about that? There's, there's ten remote controls <laughs> and only a certain number of them have batteries <laughs> that are charged. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so charged, charged Incredible. remotes. Uh, oh, wow! Do you want to go first, Amanda? Me? Yeah, and oh. I'll jump. In. I'll let me let me go first. All right. Yeah, that's a lot let of pressure. Let me go first. Less pressure. Yeah. Uh, I I'm gonna go six remotes. Okay. Mm. For the movie. For the. 
Jeez, man, when you say it like that, it sounds really <laughs> high. I don't know. <laughs> For the motion picture. Yeah, so that's what Sorry. you're going with. Um, okay. <laughs> Okay, can I go? Can I go four for the movie yeah. and six and a half for McConaughey? Is that fair? Okay. Okay, that's where I'm going. Which is really just six because if you only have one battery out of two in the remote, it doesn't it's work. It's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he learned that the hard way. Yeah. 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 I, I was actually thinking four for the movie as well. I think that's a solid place for it to be. It has its yeah. moments. Not the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, I'm going to give his performance. Oof. Okay. I'm oscillating. Um, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a five. And that's only because in my, my heart wants to give it a seven, but my mind's like, no, this is a five. Just because we know how much more he has to do and how much more is going to come. Like in a vacuum, I might go higher, but I don't think well, in the grand scheme of his performances, it's like. I mean, yeah. I, is that fair? Look at you. You're like, it's 2023. I know what you're capable of, and this is not it. I know. I'm like, <laughs> am I trying to do this in a vacuum? Or as an unknown, it's like an eight. But I think in his, you know. Yeah. His whole yeah, I think thing. It's the right thing to that, do. That's the yeah. right choice to make. Yeah. 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 How dare Mark? you? How dare you? <laughs> a five? I know. I know. It actually sounds so bad, but. All right. So the movie. I'm always too positive. Yeah, like right. I'm trying to tone it down. <laughs> so the movie, I, I saw the kitchen scene in a YouTube clip. That was the first thing I saw. And I had really mixed feelings about it and then saw the movie. And I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And then like, as I processed it, I'm like, that's pretty good. And so I was going to say, have you seen Thunderdome, Mark? I mean, come on. There are lots of things out there. <laughs> yeah. So maybe. I love Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the best one. But anyway. Yeah. So, Amanda, you, you said oscillating. Use the word oscillating. I, I mean, I'm just sitting yeah. here oscillating between a three, a three and a six for the movie. I think it would just depend on my mood. So I'll I'll go with a four for the movie. I was imp- I was impressed by McConaughey's performance. I, I really liked his commitment to the character. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a seven. Okay, so you're giving him the seven I couldn't. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think I've given him I've, sevens all the way across the board so far. I know. <laughs> he's a seven kind of guy. Yeah. I hope you guys realize that at some point he's going to be at, like smoking some peyote and he's going to listen to these and he's going to be like, or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think your assessment of the movie though is, is accurate. It's kind of like a fun house of a movie. Mm. Like if you look at it like this way, you're like, yeah, it's pretty good. And you look at it this way, you're like, no, no, no. Objectively, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> but you can kind of look at it either way. Right. And have a different feeling about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess makes it pretty great. It's got something for everybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's got car accidents in the middle of nowhere and... Mm-hmm. What a way to start. I don't know. The Illuminati guy's stomach. We didn't even talk about that. It's got that. Oh, my God. What was that? that? I don't know. I don't know. Well, they had to prove it was the Illuminati, right? I mean, there's only (laughs) one way to prove it. 
Show us your stomach. It stayed with me, though. Yeah, (laughs) that's for sure. It was like a weird thing to spend uh, budgeting on, but sure. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to go out on that note, so you guys have to say (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sitting here thinking about like like a a $1 bill and the triangle and the eye, and I'm like, yeah, I see where they were going with that. Yeah. Back Back to Mm -hmm. Dazed and Confused, yeah. Did you ever look at a dollar bill, man? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the next thing that McConaughey is in is a movie called Glory Days from 1995. And IMDb says his character name is Rental Car Guy. Glory Days? Is yeah. that a football movie? What's that? Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's a football movie. Sounds like it should be, though, right? Oh, Days Ma- with a Z? D-A-Z. Mark, Mark, I thought we were doing the Scorpion King. What are we doing? Well, so that's the thing. He is car rental guy. So I, I don't think we should... Get, you know. <gasps> this cast is amazing. <laughs> Listen to her. She's like, I know these people. It's Ben Affleck, Sam Rockwell, which who doesn't love Sam Rockwell? Mm-hmm. Matt Damon, Brendan Fraser. No, well, that is quite Leo a cast. Ramini. French what is Stewart. This? <gasps> what is this? Oh, this is what I'll be watching. Alyssa Milano. Wait, okay. So is the problem that he did he get overplayed or was he like outshined by all these other people in this movie and they, they gave him the rental car guy. Is it like, a, wow. what happened? Well, he was, well, maybe it's when they filmed it. Maybe it yeah. was filmed earlier, right? Yeah, I remember he was still in college and then packed up his U-Haul to go to mm-hmm. Hollywood just to see what was going to happen and then ended up in this, uh, this 95 uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. So yeah, yeah, I think it was just a small role for him. The music for the film was composed by the punk rock band The Vandals. Wow, you've really piqued my curiosity with this one. <laughs> She's like, this is it. She's I'm like, screw the, Thunderdome, my, it's this one. I, yeah, I'm in my, this is like, this better be 90 minutes, because this is. Yes. This is it. This is it. Nice. This is crazy. Yeah. We can go up to 110 minutes, okay? Like, we can stretch it. We can stretch it. I was going to say, I've got my limit. Oh, it's 100 minutes. Perfect. Oh, yeah, I got to find this. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. Box office, $15,000. <laughs> okay. Okay. Side Sidebar. How great would it be to make a $15,000 movie and it like just do anything at all? Okay. No, that was what the box office. Feeling. That's the box office. I don't know what the budget is. Oh, no. That's terrible. That's what they made. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Wow. The soundtrack is so cool. Sublime, no effects. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm into this. Okay. Well, Johnny, we may have to come back and review that later on. I know, man. Yeah. You might have to. But Amanda's like, I'm I'm watching it tonight. I'm I don't watching know what to tell it. You <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. So <laughs> that's like that's the type of movie that's it really gets my mind going where I'm like, all these people, the same place at once. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I love awesome. that. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome, You're welcome. anytime. Just, just call <laughs> us anytime. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be watching Scorpion Spring, talking about Scorpion Spring, not Scorpion King. Uh, <laughs> next time. Uh, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. This has been the best podcast yet that we've that we've recorded. No oh, offense to Johnny and myself. Thank you for having me. But, for no, real. thank you for having me. I... Hope I didn't ramble too much, but again, this stuff it gets me excited. So, 
Well, true story. I'm going to follow you on, on the Instas and the Facebooks because I feel like we're friends now. So yeah, we're buddies now. And listen, (laughs) as you go through this, I'll be following along because I need to pick up clearly weird movies to write about. So, um, thank you. And I'm writing and unrelated to the podcast. I know we're still recording, but, um, you guys got to watch this movie ticks. Ticks. Okay. Just, just watch it. Like the insects. <laughs> yeah, it's the most incredible B movie horror okay. monster movie. It has uh, Seth Green. Yes. And Alfonso, is it Ribeiro or Ribeiro? Yeah. From Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. Um, it's just really well made in a way that like it shouldn't be. That's a movie where it's like they had no budget. It shouldn't be that interesting. It's super super fun. You know, I'm glad you brought up Seth Green. I was actually talking about him to someone the the last week who had no idea who he was. And I was like, that's the problem. All right. Huh? <laughs> that's the problem. He tried. He had a good run. All right. And I think I, he had a nice little career. Yeah. I don't feel like he got the credit he deserved. All right. I really yeah. don't. I don't know. Who's on Buffy, for God's sakes? How dare they? Maybe it's because of all that horrific things we've seen. But hippos wearing tutus just don't unnerve me the way they used to. <laughs> Right? Like, can't hardly wait. What a movie. Okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a movie. His goggles? Right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. Talk about, again, an iconic. That's, that movie poster is super iconic, I feel like, but whatever. Yeah. This is a young person that said this, that doesn't know who Seth Green is. Somebody young? Or- oh, uh... I don't even know who I was talking to. Yeah. Let's, I don't know what day it is, Amanda. Okay, don't, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's Tuesday, Johnny. Don't lie to that me. That was mean because I literally was like, <laughs> what? Don't lie to me. <laughs> it feels like a Tuesday to me too, so I just. That was so yeah. mean. I'm like. <laughs> what? thought I slept through a whole day. Right. Um, yikes. But yeah, this was super yeah. fun. Um, the movie, I didn't even know it existed, so that was great. Um, again, it's like not a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, franchise? Thank you. All oh. night, it's been escaping me. It's not a <laughs> franchise that I, I like, am passionate about, so yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amanda, if, if our listeners want to jump onto your Substack, what are some, uh, some movies that you've talked about recently or, or like some of your favorites that you think people would enjoy? Ooh, um, do you mind if I reference my laptop quick? Okay, oh, so yeah. the last one I did was Cool's Ice. Um, I recently did Jawbreaker, which is a super fun one because I think that's a, a great uh, like teen movie that doesn't get talked about enough, I think, in like mainstream. Uh, one of the favorite one, my favorite one I ever wrote was the one on the night of the hunter. I think that was just the one that challenged me the most to write about film, you know, write about film because it's a classic film mm. and it's a little different than me writing about snake eyes, which. Oh, talk about great Nick Cage movie. I mean, right. Okay. So going back to Nick Cage, snake eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say to like get a good taste of what I'm doing, I would check out the Encino man one. Hell yeah. The Night of the Hunter one. Um, and then maybe like the one on Blowout, which is a John Travolta, early John Travolta movie. I think that gives a good cross section of the things I'm writing about. Interesting. Well, I'm excited to check those out. 
I mean, yeah. for real, my goodness. Like, I feel like you have a lot to offer the world, Amanda. Okay. Oh, wow. Jeez. Sorry. Thanks. That's so nice. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is, yeah. That's got, so nice. Thank got you. A, got a lot going on there. I'm, listen. I know I'm just this is why I can't here. sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> it's busy. It's my busy. role is clear. I'm the here. I'm here drinking wine. Okay, that's my role here. <laughs> the wine guy. I don't even like wine, but guess what? You're gonna like it. That's the preferred role, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, seriously, thanks for letting me come on and ramble and talk about movies. It's my favorite thing. So, I thank you. It. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Thank you, and thank you to our listeners. Uh, thank you to Holizna for our theme music, Hey Aqualung. If you want to see my awesome Instagram posts, you can follow us at Mastering MPod. You can send your adulations, corrections, and hate mail to MasteringMPod at gmail.com. Uh, you can listen to Johnny's other podcast, The Modern Real Estate Agents. We've got a link to that in the episode description. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, drop us a five star rating. You know, be like Whiskey Water, who left us a phenomenal review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it was poetry. You should you should look it up, use it as inspiration, and write your own review. We'll see you next time when we watch Scorpion Spring. Bye, y'all. Hell yeah, Johnny. You have to say peace because you say peace every Dope. time. <laughs> peace. <laughs> Amanda, you want to do a sign off? Um. Oh, thanks for having me. Bye. <laughs> Perfect. Loved it. Perfect. Just not expecting to have to do a sign off. You don't think the FBI has its place under 24-hour surveillance? You don't think there's transmitters in all these walls? I assume that that is a rhetorical question. You assume whatever you goddamn well please, there ain't no skin off my ass. Is that what you want me to think? That you're a silly boy? You know, this isn't the first time something like this has happened. Miss? Miss? We will find out what this is all about. This is not the end of it.